welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We have Will Curran today, the Chief Event Einstein for Endless Events, and a guy who's sort of out there everywhere in the meetings and events world and through a variety of channels. Thanks for joining us, Will. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Um, you know, I'm I love uh, talking, so this is a perfect opportunity <laughs> for me just to to talk a lot. <laughs> a perfect format for it, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> who knew that like podcasts were going to create it and people would actually want to listen to you talk? <laughs> I know it's it's crazy because we uh, we were we did started doing these like a couple few years ago, and it's but it just seems like in the last year the whole technology has exploded and it's like um it's like a, a hot thing now right i mean that must be what you're seeing yeah totally so I, re I remember um i remember the first podcast i ever listened to was pod runner and it was a podcast of like dj mixes designed for runners that was like just continuous beats for like an hour straight at a certain bpm for you to run to and i remember like yeah no one knew what a podcast was and you know it was super nerdy and now it seems like it's the the big big thing yeah, and uh, you're you're big in it too. You've got a uh, a couple of you work on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, uh started the event icon show um about three years ago, or f oh my gosh, I think we're celebrating four years in September, October this year. Um, and then yeah, we just start uh, second one at the beginning of the year, uh, which is the event tech podcast. And then we got um, um I will hint at we have many more coming and constantly producing content, webinars, video content, uh, you know, people tend to think I, uh, my job is making content and they don't realize I'm also, uh, run an AV company. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. It sounds like a familiar, uh, I, that's my story too. I also do a magazine, but uh, you do all those other channels too. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, uh, what does they say? Like Zap Zappos is a customer service company that just happens to sell shoes. We're, you know, we're, we're a, con we're a content company that happens to uh, sell AV. <laughs> Yeah, and you're ahead of the curve. I mean, you're one of our meetings trendsetters this year. Uh, so thanks uh, for helping us out with that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for featuring me. It's a huge honor for sure. I, I was super duper stoked and uh, happy to be among some uh, really, really amazing faces. Well, appreciate that. Uh, why don't you tell us um, sort of what your podcasts cover and where people can uh, find out more information about them? Yeah, totally. So uh, Event Icons, again, four years running. Uh, we're at like almost 200 episodes now. Um, basically, it was created um, out of my selfish desire to interview the icons of the events industry um, and also to play with a platform that was created back then called Blab. Um, so it started off as a video podcast, um, still is a completely video podcast and also is a hundred percent live. So the way, the way our format's a little bit different too, is that, you know, um, back in the back in the day you know four years ago uh, back in the day you know like uh, there's all these icons in the industry and you didn't know how you could get a hold of them they're also busy doing their own events and you know how would you have a chance to even sit down and have coffee with them so basically the show is designed that you get to sit down we're 100 live and the audience gets to interact and ask questions and we ask them live on air um so it's really this kind of cool like um, you know, live show that's all Q and A, almost ask me anything style, where literally anyone can tune in and watch and interview the icons and events industry side by side with us. And literally, we've had almost everybody on the show. Um, you can think of we've touched <laughs> on so many different topics, and it happens every single week, 
Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern at event-icons.com. So literally, if you're you're interested in podcasts, you like listening to live shows, and you want to ask questions of the icons of the industry, it's event-icons.com every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. And we haven't missed a Wednesday in four years. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I, I, I sort of got tied into doing like a little uh, five-minute wrap every Wednesday of our big news items. And I, I have a hard enough time keeping that schedule. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely, looking back on it, um, I probably wouldn't have committed to doing live. And I also wouldn't have committed to it being video because like when you do video plus live, um, you know, as everyone knows in the in the events world, if you've ever done a live stream before, things tend to go wrong. So, yeah. you know, literally we we do it so much and we're so good at it, but we there's still things that go wrong, right? Like somebody's internet connection just all of a sudden has an issue right. or, you know, the microphone has an issue, whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, it's really, really cool. And what's also really cool, I mean, like this is kind of a cool update for for your listeners to know a little bit about if they are familiar with icons. We're starting to do more and more live in-person events as well. So um, we'll pretty much be at almost every industry conference now leading up where you'll be able to watch the show live, sit down um, in similar format, ask the icons the events industry, but get to see them in person as well. So we got a lot of that coming down the pipeline, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, over 200 episodes. Where do you set that up? Do you have like a, a spot on the exhibit floor? Do you like get a room to do that or? Yeah, it kind of depends. Um, it depends on the, the, like the setup of the, the conference and kind of what they look like, but we always, yeah. whenever we can, we love being yeah, on the show floor and in the middle of the action because, you know, yeah, while you get a little bit of like a background noise, you know, you get a little bit of chatter, it's more of like a, a nice white noise sound in the background. Yeah. So it's totally not distracting. And it's cool because people will be walking by and be like, oh my gosh, that's blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to really meet them. I want to see them and just kind of walk and stumble by. And there's a lot of energy around it. But, you know, sometimes too, that's just not uh, feasible. It might be, they're not a good location or, you know, for example, because we are scheduled for Wednesdays, if the conference ends like on a Tuesday, we might end up doing it the day after it might be the day before. Um, yeah. So sometimes in those cases, we'll be in separate rooms and then we'll, you know, extend the invite for people to come um, and everything like that. Yeah. Usually just my big thing is usually like just relatively quiet and, um, you know, fast internet. And usually the internet yes. becomes the, the, the hard it, part. I was just going <laughs> to, that was going to be my next question. I mean, it's, it can get hairy, right? As everyone knows who's on an exhibit floor relying on internet. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, luckily like live stream doesn't require a huge amount of bandwidth to be able to do it. And, uh, but it definitely, you know, it's one of those things where it has to be consistent. It has to be hardwired as well. I mean, like, yeah, like, I mean, as planners, we all know that like the internet's the one thing that's probably becoming the most pain in the butt when it comes to it. Um, so, you know, we're always super duper appreciative whenever we end up getting a super fast, well, stable internet connection so we can do the live show. And as like a, an AV sort of specialist, I mean, you got to look good too, right? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't make it look bad. Otherwise everyone makes fun of me because they're like, and you're an AV company and you can't pull off this live stream looking good. So yeah. So we do like multiple cameras and cinematic cameras and, you know, we do a switcher, we have graphics, like all this yeah. crazy nonsense. <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell you, I'm like envious. I've like popped in and I see, I have like equipment envy, you know, you guys got all the great, uh, <laughs> mics and the headphones and all that it's definitely the nerdiness i think coming in that we like we love the equipment portion too because we're obviously yeah. av guys um so yeah so i think we end up always wanting yeah the newest lights the newest one like what was it the last live show we did we were like gonna have we had something like 30 guests across three days of wow. content and uh or not way more than, i think we have more than 30 but i was like man maybe we should get in-ear kits so then that way the producer can talk to the 
talent and you know all these things like that wow. but then we have to remember like hey guys this is just, this is just a podcast <laughs> right. i mean and uh, you know this is something that uh, i know i just wrote a story and i'm sure you know uh, mike mccallan who does a yeah, lot yeah. of podcasts mike's and awesome he's awesome and uh, he he was you know he did some with us like years ago and uh, i did a story on him he was at a um pcma's educon um, just on sort of, uh, inter, you know, or maybe reintroducing the topic, especially to association planners. Um, why is this channel so good in this industry? And why should meeting planners think about either hiring someone to do this at their shows or just do it themselves? Why is this a, why is it a good thing to have podcasts uh, at shows or even uh, before and after? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things is that, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why to do it. A, you know, it creates a channel for you to market to people year round. It's not just about, hey, buy tickets now, buy tickets now. You, But the big thing, I think, and the reason why it's so straightforward and so obvious to do is that there's just so much good content that happens at any event. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we, we let that content die. Yeah. Um, once it's at the conference and I mean, we, we kind of are getting it now where we're, Hey, we're putting cameras in everyone. We're recording these sessions, but you, to be honest, a lot of times those don't go up until too late. And to be honest, it's old news once it's out, you know, a month after the event or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, what's great about podcasts is that they don't take a lot of production to do. You can sit down with your keynote speakers. You can record an hour long interview with them and no problem. And boom, you can start to build out this content year round to be able to keep people engaged and people interested in your brand that is your event um and i think it's um you know whether it's yeah podcast or video or whatever it may be like you just have to figure out a way to take your content that you're already going to have there and leverage it beyond the event and not just let it die within the four walls of the convention center essentially yeah and i know just from personal experience i mean i i write a lot but a lot of people really have a sort of a block when it comes to doing that or they think, Oh, I'm not a very good writer. Well, totally. I mean, with a, with a podcast, you basically kind of hit the button, you record it. And if you like it, you, you publish it. Right. A absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it gets super duper easy. And yeah, like who doesn't like to talk? I mean, like I joked about it at the beginning, but to be honest, like who doesn't want to sit down and have a conversation? I mean, like if you ask any one of your staff members, Hey, who wants to interview the keynotes, the big keynote that we're bringing in for an hour long podcast, and we're like, everyone's gonna be raising their hand and saying yes. But if you said, Hey, why don't you write, you know, a 1600 word, you know, blog post about your the yeah. interviewing them, they'll say, uh, you know, I'm not a good writer. Uh, I don't feel really comfortable with it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that it's, it's super duper makes sense. And then I think the, the other thing too, is like, um, you said, like, why does it make sense for our industry too? Um, you know, I think it makes sense for us as planners because we're all so busy, right. But you can pop a mm -hmm. podcast in while you're, you know, running through spreadsheets or running through reg, um, or, you know, um, you can put it in while you're on your commute or on the plane. Um, and you know, it doesn't take, I feel like podcasts just don't take as much mental energy to be able to listen to versus read, but it also might be coming from somebody who. Um, I admittedly am very far behind on my book goal this year. Um, but I think at, that's that way with everybody. Like everyone enjoys a podcast. Everybody wants to listen. And I think that it also gives you the opportunity that, you know, you if you want to listen fast, you can speed it up. You can slow it down. You can, you know, listen to bits and chunks of it here and there um, and that sort of thing. So I think, uh, you know, not only is it great for the people producing it, but also the people who are listening. What would be your advice for – um, a meeting planner uh, to kind of start on the path. And I, I have to say, 
I mean, the the barrier to entry for podcasting is almost zero. I mean, yeah, totally. you could you could do it over your uh, your smartphone, right? I I've done that and uh, use use the smartphone totally. as a, even as a mic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're, if you're looking to get started in the idea of like, you know, and again, like don't uh, necessarily just associate it just with podcasts, think like video content too, right? Like mm-hmm. think about those p- pictures, think about this with turning quote images, like think about how you can turn any piece of content into a million different pieces of content. Um, and I think one of the reasons why it's so easy um, and one of the things you have to think about when it comes to it is, yes, you can totally do this on your smartphone. But I think as you and I know, like totally not OK sometimes. And I think that might sound counterproductive for what most people when they're looking at getting into podcasting. They're like, oh, it is so easy. But, you know, I think to be honest, like take it if you can that next step level up to get a little bit more professional of a microphone, a quiet yeah. space, you know, because nowadays the 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 determiner is two things. It's how good your content is and also how good your quality of your production is. And mm-hmm. I think there's so much good content out there. And I mean, we have to safe to assume that everyone who's going to try to create a podcast or a piece of content or, you know, record a keynote in video is going to assume it's good content. But the thing is, like, if it doesn't have good production quality, it's not doesn't sound good. It's not using good microphones. It's not edited well, you know, that sort of thing. People are going to drop off super duper fast. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a, a big problem is that like I listen to some podcasts out there and I'm like, wow, this could be really, really great content. But the second I start hearing static and noise and, you know, all these things like that, I'm, you know, I'm piecing out. I'm going, yeah, I don't I don't want to listen, especially if I'm in my car or the volume levels are totally different between the speakers. So I'm constantly adjusting my volume. You know, I, I think definitely uh, focus on production quality for sure. And I think the same thing goes, I mean, to, to bring it to beyond podcasts is when it comes to when you're recording, for example, your image magnification or iMag from your key, your general session is that, you know, far too often that we're like, oh, yeah, like we're just throw a camp. We'll put a camera in the back of the room. We'll have the AV company film it. We'll do one camera and record it. And boom, we'll be good to go. We'll have that keynote mm-hmm. video. You know, think about how the type of videos that you want to watch on YouTube, the types of videos yeah. that you watch elsewhere. They're never just one single camera just panning yeah. back and forth following somebody. It's always multiple cameras, right? Look at TED Talks. Everybody loves TED Talks. Their requirement is at minimum three cameras for that 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 video. And I think people have to really, really think about this sometimes when it comes to capturing the content that's happening at their conference. Um, and when it comes to AV and the production element is that, you know, yeah, it might be a little bit more expensive, but, you know, if you're going to go do it, do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, you just are competing for people's attention out there, and and everyone's a broadcaster now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Just like I used to be when I first started, I was a DJ, and everybody was a DJ. And now, definitely, I think a lot of people are podcasters. Um, and do you find that? Um, and I'm sure this is probably true, but I like a savvy meeting planner as part of their speaker contract will even uh, include, oh, you have to take part in a 15 minute, half an hour podcast. And really just weaving that into the whole obligation. Oh, totally. I mean, like, um, it's really, really interesting that, like, you know, if you look at it nowadays, too, you look at, like, all the savvy marketers, they all want to be on everybody's podcast, too. Because, you know, for example, when people are launching books, they go on podcast tours, you know, and they go and they want to be a part of different podcasts. So not only do I think that's smart because, A, you're locking it down, it's for sure going to happen. But also, I think most people jump for joy for it. People want to be on each other's podcasts. Um, In fact, you know, uh, Seth Godin, uh, who's a very, very famous marketer, said that, you know, it's no longer 
is, uh, you know, guest posting and guest blogging on other people's blogs big. It's guest podcasting and being on other people's podcasts is really, really important. Um, and I think that, um, you know, people will be excited about it. Um, and as long as you have a good podcast, they will be definitely excited for it. I, and I can tell you this from experience. When it comes to, for example, event icons, when I first started, I had to explain to people what it was, why it was good. But then after you do it for a while and your podcast gets really good, getting guests is so easy. Literally, I can email almost anybody in the events industry and say, hey, come and be on event, uh, you know, event icons. And because they've heard of it, they want to be on it. In fact, we get at, emailed every single day, daily, at people asking to be guests on the podcast. And then what's so great about it is when we pivoted and created, you know, the second podcast of Event Tech Podcast, you know, which is primarily designed to tap into issues related with tech, what the future of event tech looks like, everything like that. You know, when we launched it, because we were so successful at event icons, people already knew us for Event Tech Podcast. It was so easy for us to get guests and lay, lay it down. Um, and because of that, we've had, you know, for that show only existing since January, um, you know, good like seven months or so, we've gotten, you know, really amazing guests, really great, amazing content. Um, and I think it goes to show that when you have a good show, good content, good production value, people are going to want to be on it. And let's uh, talk about uh, event tech and, and AV and all that. What trends are you seeing out there and what do people need to be uh, have on their radar? Yeah, I mean, there's so much constantly evolving. I feel like that's why we made a second podcast called the Event Tech Podcast because yeah. we 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 had you know we did event tech related topics on event icons, but you know it always seemed like there was some new app popping up, some new amazing technology we had to keep in mind on top of all the stuff that was happening outside the industry that people had been made aware of. Um, so yeah, so we're constantly covering the topics of event tech, but um, I definitely want to harp on one. I think that is going to be you know very very important over this next year um, because. Look, I can tell you, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. VR and AR are the next right. big thing. And, you know, um, oh, and, you know, uh, the, the LED screens and you know, are getting cheaper and this and that. Like, cool. But like you might not apply that in the next year. But the thing I think that the big, big trend that we're seeing um, when it comes to technology, especially is related to Wi-Fi. Um, and as I'm calling it the wild, wild west of Wi-Fi, say that seven times fast. Yeah. Um, and every single planner out there totally knows what I'm talking about. They've gone to a venue where they say, hey, you know, and, it, you know, I, I want to flash back actually before I even get into this, you know, 10 years ago um, when we were first starting the AV company, it became um, very, very <laughs> um, uh, apparent that, you know, there was a big fight and difficulty for planners to bring in outside AV companies. Mm -hmm. And we were an outside AV company. So it was hard for us to get in. There's all these restrictions and blah, blah, blah. Well, we worked really hard over the last 10 years to educate people on how to get rid of those restrictions, how to, um, you know, believe that like, hey, you can bring any AV company in. And I believe over the last 10 years, that's changed. Now people know you can bring in a third party AV company. You can, do, you have a choice. You can do what you wish. You know, yeah, there's still some people are getting forced in some bad contracts, but for the most part, everyone knows they can bring their own thing in. Well, you know, all of a sudden, if you think about, uh, you know, the the same way that airlines eventually figured out, like, okay, we got we can't make money off of this anymore. We got to figure out a way to make money off of this. Mm -hmm. Same thing definitely happens with with venues. They're realizing that their commissions that they were getting back for all the AV and production was going down, and the AV companies were seeing their product their revenue go down. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, we have to figure out some sort of way to make money again. Well, why don't we look at this thing called Wi-Fi? <laughs> you know, just like in the back of the day, AV was confusing. No one knew what they were getting. They didn't know what the options were. They didn't know they could bring in their own third-party company. Well, that same thing, that exact same conversation is happening with Wi-Fi now. That, you know, uh, you're coming into your contracts. 
and they're saying you have to use this for Wi-Fi. You have to use this for internet. And because not a lot of people are educated in space, I mean, just Google the word event Wi-Fi and you'll see that there's not a lot of education. There's not a lot of blog posts. There's not a lot of videos educating in it. And the same thing that you go in, it's confusing, right? It, who know, yeah. How many people out there can name a hundred different terms and technical related things related to Wi-Fi, right? At least now we all know what stage lights look like and what screen size I need. And we should be doing 16 by nine, not four by three, right? But with, the, with Wi-Fi, not a lot of people know what's going on. And they also don't know that you can bring in your own third party Wi-Fi. So what's happening is these venues, um, and I'm not always venues, sometimes it's the AV company, sometimes it's the in-house Wi-Fi provider, basically you know, essentially there's internet problems happening that basically was happening is that, you know, they're saying things like, oh yeah, you can totally bring in your third party AV company. That's no problem at all. However, you know, that free Wi-Fi we were going to give you, that's actually going to cost you $30,000. Yeah. And no one wants to spend 30000 Who even has budget for $30,000 right. for Wi-Fi, right? And everyone goes, okay, well, I guess I don't have a choice. I need the free Wi-Fi, so I might as well use the in-house. So they're just finding ways to like carrot and stick it where mm -hmm. people don't know they can bring in their own third-party internet providers. And I'll say it again really, really slowly because I definitely <sighs> am getting really – I'm getting jazzed. I'm talking yeah. way ah. faster if anyone ever realizes. They're like, turn that podcast – guest down to half speed um so um you can always bring in your own third-party internet provider and i think where we're going to get into this day and age where now at planners are going to have to get more educated in understanding how internet works because it's more critical than ever and that it they don't want to spend thirty thousand dollars on wi-fi and they want their internet to run smoothly so their attendees are happy so I think that we're going to see a huge trend in education related to Wi-Fi. We're going to see a huge trend that planners need to start realizing they can bring in their own third-party internet providers. And B, we're also seeing this larger, bigger trend coming of restrictions related to Wi-Fi. Almost what, I'll, what I used to call in-house AV restrictions, I'll call it in-house Wi-Fi restrictions now. What um, do those look like? So yeah, so uh, th there's an example of that one, right? Oh, if you want to bring your own third-party AV company in, it's going to cost you, you're going to have to pay for that free Wi-Fi we're getting, right? So that's like the number one thing I'm seeing a lot of now, um, which is really unfortunate. And it, for most people to know, all these things can be negotiated out in your contract. You just have to remember to ask for it beforehand because if you don't ask for it beforehand, it's begging afterwards, right? Right, and you have to read <laughs> that contract too and uh, address it at the beginning, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that's one of the big restrictions we're seeing. We're also seeing that as well is things like, oh, hey, you need Wi-Fi for your tennis. Yeah, we'll give you free Wi-Fi, but no one ever asks about the specs. They don't ask mm -hmm. about the bandwidth, right? The megabits per second. They don't ask about the ping speeds. They don't ask if it's, you know, for one device per user, two devices, um, yeah. you know, like what sort of, um, you know, I'm going to get really nerdy with this, but we wrote a whole blog post called um, like a million different Wi-Fi terms that all planners need to know. So I'll make sure to give you guys a link to put in the show notes. But yeah. there's all these things that people need to start asking about ahead of time where, where think, can people find that in case they're curious yeah yeah right on our site so uh endless events just hello endless.com so we we publish <laughs> that's part on top of the blog, podcast but we also publish uh you know seven blog posts a week um, okay. on various you know text related stuff inspiration design all that sort of stuff um so yes yeah, so that's a good place to go check that out um so yeah if, and i think if you just search event wi-fi terms on google it'll probably pop up as the number one one um, so I think that's one of the important things. Um, yeah, understanding the terms and how to evaluate what's good Wi-Fi and what's not good Wi-Fi. Um, you know, other restrictions as well is like, you know, if you 
um, want to, for example, bring in your third party Wi-Fi, most people don't know to negotiate that out ahead of time. So, you know, it comes down the line, they're getting this bill for, you know, $30,000 for Wi-Fi and they're going, okay, well, I'll just bring in a third party. And then the hotel says, oh no, it's written in the contract. We have full control. You have to use our provider, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then I think the other like major thing that people also have to be realized as well is like, is this Wi-Fi secure? I mean, like that's another major event trend that Brant and I have harped on. We did a whole episode on cybersecurity, but I think that people need to start thinking about uh, their Wi-Fi very, very securely to make sure that the data that's going across their networks is really, really safe. And I'm sh really sure, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, uh, confusing somebody or overwhelming someone like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know Wi-Fi was a problem. Oh my gosh, there's all this to do. But you know, there, there's a lot of education on it. We've done a ton of podcast episodes on it now and talked about it. But I think people have to realize that Wi-Fi is that next big, you know, wild, wild west that needs to be conquered and needs to be controlled from a, from a budget standpoint, from a security standpoint, from a, uh, you know, quality standpoint. And that, you know, to know that like, hey, you can bring third party companies in um, who can make the internet run amazingly fast and amazingly stable. Um, and you can have that control and maybe potentially save money on your budget. So... That's yeah, me getting I, off my high horse. <laughs> now, the security angle, I'm glad you brought that up, too. I've, I've been to a lot of industry uh, association uh, meetings, um, you know, like uh, PCMA, WEC, all that. And uh, I always sit in on those uh, security of uh, seminars, and uh, it's it can be scary, the amount oh of gosh, vulnerability yeah. um, that, that is out. I even, you know, I get... Uh, people that saying, oh, when you, uh, you know, you're, if you even plug in a thumb drive for the speaker presentation, you're at risk of blowing everything up. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, don't, it's, don't it's click on links, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. How do you like, how do you make sure things are secure um, as opposed to like, you know, crying and hiding under a desk and you know, <laughs> hoping nothing bad happens? Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome question. Um, I, I want to say, I, I want to, I'll, I'll give the, like the, the, uh, the bridged version, but definitely the cybersecurity episode that we did on event tech podcast is totally worth listening to because we mm -hmm. just talk about this whole thing for an hour, but there's definitely a, there is a trade-off between security and convenience yeah. that things will always be less secure for convenience. Right. So you look at things like, for example, a password manager. Yeah. You can store all your passwords in one place. You have that single password to log you in on all your computers, all your devices. And, but yeah, that one time that you log on someone else's computer and you need to get in your email and you have to go, Oh, I have to open my password manager and type in this 12 character long password. That's full of symbols and it's incomprehensible. I haven't memorized it at all. Right. And it seems like a hassle. It seems a little inconvenient, but for the convenience, for the security of knowing that you have super secure passwords for every device is awesome. So I think um, very, very similarly, you, you also have, there's a trade-off between being a complete hermit airboxed away from the internet and not being able to talk to anybody and not being able to trust anybody and also security as well. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is for people just be aware of it um, and to be cautious of it as well. Um, you know, for example, things like there's really basic stuff like clicking on random links and emails or, yeah. you know, um, gosh, I mean like, yeah, like things related to installing things on your computer or, you know, open Wi-Fi networks inside of, uh, you know, hotels. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, things that can be easily fixed before you have to get to that level of being like, you know, Edward Snowden paranoid that the world's after you, right? right. Um, 
you know, you don't have to get to that level right away, but you can slowly ease into it. Cause I mean, I remember for a long time I had one password for everything. I had two, I think two passwords for everything. And then I got a yeah. password manager and then I'd never used a VPN. And then now I understand what a VPN does and why you need it. So I started using a VPN and so there's easy ways to ease into it for sure. But I think the biggest thing that comes with it is just a uh, understanding of knowing what's going on and you know for example yeah the flash drive thing if you're worried that someone's gonna have something malicious or a virus on their flash drive network on their flash drive you know maybe you know for example have them open up the file and email it to you instead i don't know like you know yeah. just being aware of it i think is the biggest thing and like you said too i mean you're never going to uh stamp out every uh every scenario that could happen right yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah i mean like it's it, there's some point where you know even Brant and I, who, you know, I consider Brant a cybersecurity expert more than me. Um, at some point, he, you know, he also recognizes that, like, hey, there is a limited amount of knowledge and knowing what to do. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, just be aware of it. I think especially in the events industry right now, we're, we're not at the, like, you know, how we're going to fix everything. I think we're at a basic awareness stage where not a lot of people realize mm -hmm. there's even issues going on. Um, so that I think is definitely a, a, when you talk about trends, like something big that we're seeing, that was my, that was my number one trend I was harping on over the last year. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Will. Uh, thanks yeah, for making absolutely. time. Absolutely. No, I love, uh, I love being here and I, I appreciate you having me for sure. Uh, this was a ton of uh, fun to to get to talk some more. <laughs> you got it. And we're in again. Where can people go check out all your stuff? Where's the portal to uh, or all you offer? Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll start in the the easy way. Um, so if you just go to Endless Events, you can obviously Google it or just go to helloendless.com. So that's obviously like our main site. Um, you can learn a little bit more about us as an AV company and what we believe in and everything like that there. But there's a really cool link up there called the Resources tab. It has a ton of eBooks, webinars, all these sort of things we talk about are on there as well. Click on the blog. That's where you catch, catch all the blog content, including all the podcast episodes and everything like that. Um, definitely go check that out. And then if you're looking for another podcast to subscribe, because this is obviously an awesome one for you to subscribe to. But if you're looking for another one and you want to get something in your ear, definitely check out Event Icons, which you can get at event-icons.com um, or Event Tech Podcast, which is eventtechpodcast.com. Um, and but, you know, if you want to get it tuned with everything that's going on and related to content, you love what I'm talking about. Definitely go to helloendless.com. If you subscribe, you can get our weekly newsletter. We get all the blog posts, all the podcasts emailed directly over to you. Uh, and definitely go check that out. Excellent. Thanks a bunch, Will. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson wishing you uh, uh, the best rest of the day you can have. And uh, head on over to meetingstoday.com to check out our podcast section with a variety of broadcast uh featuring uh, event icons like uh, Will Curran, although we won't steal his name. But uh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm.